Father, may we know that to be true. Lord, I particularly pray right now if someone doesn't know that love. You're a God who's not waiting for us to clean up our act, that you meet us in the midst of our trouble. Scripture says that, Lord, while we were still sinners, you died for us. Lord, I want to pray right now for those who are lost and in darkness and have believed the father of lies and they don't know that love. Lord, I ask right now by the power of your spirit, let your love rain down on them. Let your love rain down on our family members, Lord, who who don't know that to be true, on our neighbors, Lord, our co-workers. Let your perfect love cast out all fear right now in the name of Jesus. May we just know a new depth of that love. May they know a new depth of how great your love is, Lord. Just minister to them, meet them right now, we pray. And be with us right now, we pray. In Jesus' name. Isn't it good news to know that the Lord loves us? Amen. Amen. Praying about tonight and just asking the Lord, what does he want to say? Because I don't really want to tell you what I want to say. I'm trying to get to what he wants to say. That's my job, to try and hear his voice. And uh, that's actually for all of us, to be in that place where each day we're seeking after the Lord to hear his voice, to to know his direction and to know his plan and his will for our life. And that requires us to be in that relationship with who he is. And uh, there's a scripture reading in John chapter 10, verse 22 through 30, a story we may or may not be familiar with. And I want to share a little bit about that tonight, a little bit what the Lord put on my heart that we would maybe get hold of. One thing that's for certain, for certain, is that the shepherd knows his sheep. Do you know that? The shepherd knows his sheep. Jesus is not confused. God looks at his creation and marvels as we're created in his image, but he knows his sheep. The bigger question is, does the sheep know the shepherd? Shepherd knows the sheep, but do the sheep know the shepherd? Do we know him in the way that he calls us to know him? Do we know him in that way in who he is? And in John 22 through 30, Jesus is in the temple in the beginning of that text, and it's called the Feast of Dedication, which we know to be the Feast of Hanukkah. And they're there, and he's by Solomon's porch, and he's walking through. And as you know, there's religious leaders that are constantly trying to disprove who he is, yet they could not for themselves figure out really who he was. And this is taking place, and he's confronted by these Jewish leaders. They confront him in the midst of his followers and those around him, and this confrontation kind of pursues as they begin to ask him these questions in verse 24 of John 10. And it says this. They, they, they ask him this question. They say, how long do you keep us in doubt? If you are the Christ, tell us what? Plainly. They ask him this question just just tell us what it is. Tell us 
who you are already. Reveal to us who you are. Make that known to us that we would understand greater. But really, that wasn't what they wanted to know. But yet they ask this question, how long do you keep us in doubt? What I can promise you right now is the Lord does not keep you in doubt. The enemy does. The Lord drives us to faith, to believe in something greater. So when we're in doubt, we're not in God's plan because because we're not walking by faith as he calls us to walk. And they're in doubt. And they ask this question. Jesus answers them in verse 25 through 26. And Jesus says this. He answers them. He says, I told you and you did not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness to me. Verse 26. But you do not believe because you are not of my sheep. Jesus points to the evidence of his works that he did in his Father's name. He points to the fruit of his labor, of of what took place and what they saw and what they heard. And they were well aware of the miraculous that was going on all around them. They were well aware of what was transpiring in that greater area. They were well aware that something was different, unlike anything ever before in their history. Yet this is going on and and, and Jesus points it out and he makes it clear and he points to those works and he says that the works I did in my Father's name, he points out the very miracles that they themselves have witnessed and yet they still do not believe. So I guess the saying, seeing is believing, is really not true. But that's true for us. God, you know, God's doing miraculous things all around us every day. We just choose to whether we're going to see it or not see it. We choose to whether we're going to participate or not participate in it. But those things are happening, and, 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 and it shows us that seeing maybe is not believing in their case. But seeing is not believing is especially true when your heart is hardened. When your heart is hardened, you won't see. And their hearts were hardened. Their sole mission was to disprove who he was. And because of that hardened heart, they could not see. Jesus makes it clear who he is and who are his sheep. He lays that out. He makes it clear. It goes on in verse 27 through 28. He says, my sheep hear my voice. I know them. And what? They follow me. He goes on. He says, I give them eternal life, and you know what? They'll never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. When Jesus reveals this to them, you got to understand that teaching was not one where they go, oh, okay, we get it now. That teaching drove the point all the more and challenged their hard hearts to to have faith, to believe, to see it for themselves, that, that their hearts had to be transformed and, and go from a heart of stone to a heart of flesh. And in that text, verses 27 through 28, Jesus describes three characteristics of his sheep. He gives them three characteristics. The first characteristic is, he said, my sheep what? Hear my voice. What that means, when he says that to them, what he's saying is that his sheep hear the truth of the gospel message. 
That's what they hear. My sheep hear my voice means I hear the truth. I'm responding to that truth of the gospel message. And, and those are those who are following him have responded to that truth of the message. We know when we hear the truth, it's what? The truth that sets us free. When we hear that truth, that's where we're liberated. That's where we're no longer in bondage and a slave to sin anymore in our life. But we become free when that gospel message is revealed to us in our hearts. He says, they'll hear my voice. In other words, they, they, they responded to the truth of the gospel. They responded to it. And to hear God's voice, we have to first and foremost put ourselves in a posture of listening. Now I'm going to give you some things, because what the Lord put on my heart tonight is about us learning to hear his voice and the importance of that. That one of the most important things that you need to know is not just the moment you come into a relationship with who Christ is, but when you accept him as Lord, how do you begin to follow him if you can't hear his voice? So the first thing is, he says, my sheep will hear my voice. And, and if we're going to hear God's voice as a people of God. Now, I'm talking to you as one who said, I've made that decision. I've had that revelation of who Christ is. And you go from the revelation to the transformation. And the transformation is the renewing of our mind that starts to take place. And that's where it begins to happen. We're hearing his voice. You begin to hear his voice. So we have to first and foremost put ourselves in a posture of listening. I don't care what that posture looked like. You, you can go like this. You can go like this. You can go on top of a mountain, on top of a building, hide yourself in the closet, lock yourself in the bathroom. Whatever that might take for you, you've got to begin to put your life into a posture of listening. And when we begin to put ourselves in that posture to listen, which means we're ready to receive, the first thing we do after that is we need to learn to be still. Psalm 46.10 says what? Be still and know that he is God. See, God continues to speak. The problem is we continue not to listen. And part of the problem that we're not listening is because we're fighting with putting on a posture of, of listening and learning to be still. And what I can tell you, if you're new in the Lord or you haven't practiced this listening process with God, it's going to be hard to sit still. It's going to be difficult. Why? Because the enemy doesn't want you hearing direction from God. He wants to keep you in a state of confusion, keep you enticed by his temptation, keep you from that deeper relationship that he calls you to and, and what he's drawing us to. So we've got to get ourselves to a place to be still. Whatever that looks like, whatever it takes, however you have to do it, you've got to go and fight for it and find it and get in that place and learn to be still. Learn to be in that moment for what God wants to do. The second thing is, when we're still, we have to learn how to be patient when we're still. I've shared this before, but when I was newly baptized in the Spirit, that means I, I'm, I was baptized to speak in tongues and, and I was given this gift by the Lord and I so desired it and I was on fire for the Lord and I had no idea what to do with it except people said use it and God will work through it and I began to pray in tongues and seek after the Lord and uh, I was so zealous I said I'm going to do that for one hour a day I'm going to seek the Lord and I'm going to pray in tongues one hour a day 
And I sat there and my alarm clock, red alarm, you know, the red lead numbers, and it said five o'clock, and I and I sought the Lord with fervency and, and tenacity, and, and I, I sought after him and I looked up and it was 501. I said, oh, this is going to take a while. Here we go. Crying out to God. I made it to 503. Is this clock broken? There's something wrong here. Felt like an hour. But God was shaping something in me, and, and I was responding to that relationship and learning what it meant to be patient, to wait on Him, to be still, to be patient, to come into that place. And being patient means don't give up. It means press into that relationship with the Lord. That's what being patient means. Patient is actually being active, not disengaged. It means I'm, I'm ready to press in, Lord, so I can hear from you. Third thing is being His Word. Can't say it enough. Romans 10, 17 says faith comes by hearing, and what? Hearing by the Word of God. I promise you, if you open the Bible, God will speak. If you don't believe me, try it. Do it for 30 days. Come see me money back guaranteed if God doesn't speak. But we have to learn to be patient. We have to learn to be still, be patient. Then open that word and, and come with that expectancy that God's going to speak when I open it. He's going to begin to speak to my life. Next thing is to be in prayer. Prayer is how we build that relationship with God. And you want to hear his voice, you've got to be in that relationship with who he is. And we've got to seek after that relationship and meet him in that very place. Can you imagine that we serve a God who desires to be in a relationship with us? That we could call on to him and he is there and he is present and he knows our needs and his love abounds continually. His love abounds even when I mess things up and he's there and, and he's pouring out his life to me and yet I can't make a little bit of time for him. But I'm not going to hear his voice if I'm not going to put in some kind of discipline of practicing to pray so that I can hear him. Next thing is to be in community. You know why? Because God speaks through others. Amen. And often what I've realized is that I'm hearing God through other people in my life more than I hear from him myself. And hearing from others means that we've got to be in community. And I keep saying this to keep reminding people because we're in the middle of a pandemic. Autonomy is not Christianity. Christianity is lived out in community. And it calls us to be in a relationship with one another, to be in that communion together. And we've got to have people in our lives so they're helping us hear the voice of the Lord. So they can speak into our hearts and minds and they can affirm things in our life. And we need to be in those relationships because God's speaking through others. And if you're not in those relationships, you're missing an opportunity to hear from God because he's speaking. The last thing is that you need to be ready to obey. That's the hard part. Because when he speaks, then what do you do? <laughs> Oh, that wasn't God. That was my lunch. He surely wouldn't have told me to do that. John 14, 15 says, if you love me, you'll what? You'll obey me. You'll keep my commandments. So this desire to hear from God, and he begins to speak, and we put that practice in place. All of a sudden, he's meeting us in those very moments. And when he speaks, we want to respond, yes, Lord. 
What, here I am, Lord. Send me. That, that we understand that he's giving us that direction, that wisdom that we need, that he's leading us in ways that we never thought that, he, that we would be led in our lives. But we have to understand that we're going to respond to that love. What comes immediately after that love is to obey. So when I do hear him, when I, when I press in to that relationship, when I put that on, I begin to hear him. And he said, that first thing was my sheep hear my voice. And that's so important because you can't get to the next characteristic unless you do the first one. The second characteristic was that they would follow me, he said. And those who would follow him is basically uh, put to those who have faith in him to believe. Those who follow him. Because here's what I can tell you. If people don't have faith, they're not following Jesus Christ. But those who have faith follow him. And he, and he told those religious leaders, look, my sheep hear my voice, and they follow me. That, that, that they hear that truth, that they're responding to that truth. They follow me, which means that they have faith. They believe. They didn't ignore the miraculous things that occurred in the midst of them, but they came to an understanding to have faith and to believe. And he calls us to that place. So if you're going to follow him, we have to have faith. And if we follow him, that means Jesus is leading the way, not us. If we're out in front of Jesus, we've missed something. That means we're trying to get him to follow us, and definitely doesn't work that way. You know why? Because I've tried it. It's a nightmare. I can get in front of God daily. And I don't mean in prayer. I mean away, in front. Like, hey, Jesus, you're going to catch up to my plan? But if I heard his voice and I'm obeying, I'm listening, I'm responding that way, now I'm beginning to follow him. I'm yoked to him. My relationship is with him. And then he begins to guide me by still waters, gently lead me. He begins because I'm learning to hear his voice. I'm learning to be led by the things he's calling me to do, that he's putting that direction in my life, that I'm having a wisdom like I never had before because he's speaking that. I have his word in my life that's true and, and beginning to speak and change me, and I'm following him by that faith. The third thing he said, or the third characteristic was, they shall never perish. That there's a promise that he made, and a promise they weren't sure of. But he said, they shall never perish. That was a characteristic that the eternal life can never be taken away from my sheep. That was a promise that would be given. That the Father's hand is more powerful than the enemy. And the only power the enemy has in your life is what you give him. He, he doesn't have that authority in your life. Jesus has all authority. There's not a battle going on like, oh no, devil's up two, Jesus down one. It's a slaughter every time. Do you understand? Because he's had victory over death. The whole celebration of the resurrection of who Christ is means he conquered death once and for all. That's why he can promise eternal life to those who follow after him. Because he's had that victory. But we get to a place and believe that we're going to perish. We believe that. Why? Because Satan is a liar. He's a father of all what? Lies. And the only power and authority he has in our life is what we give him. Is what we yield to. But we have to proclaim 
if we're hearing his voice, we're getting that direction. We have faith to follow after in where he leads us. And then we have to maybe be reminded that, 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 that our Father in heaven is more powerful, is the almighty God, and the enemy has no hold on us. Amen. That he's conquered sin and death once and for all. What do we have to do? Respond to it. That's all we have to do. We respond to it, coming to that knowledge of who he is, and then we begin to grow in that relationship that he calls us to come to. And that relationship is so important. So important. Because he knows his sheep, and his sheep know his voice. We have to learn to press in to hear his voice. And we do it in those various ways as we come together. Remember that promise that he gives us. See, we serve a God who is personal, always present, and he's always speaking. What we have to learn to do is tune in, obey, to respond. You ever travel outside of the Fiberro area? You head upstate, Pennsylvania, somewhere. Back in the day when AMFM was a thing, do you remember that? Some of us still have it, but uh, you know, AMFM was a thing. And you get outside city limits, and all of a sudden you're, you're finding, you don't know the stations, towns over, or where you're going, and you start trying to tune in, right? And half the battle is we're stuck between two stations. <laughs> and then we come to discover just a little tune, just a little tweak one way, and all of a sudden it's in tune. All of a sudden, our song is playing. And that's what he calls us to do. And then when we tune in, we can shout it from the mountaintops. And we can sing our heart out as we're driving to that song of praise of who he is in our life. Why? Because he desires us to be in this incredible relationship that he invites us to. All we have to do is show up. All we have to do is make that motion forward and begin to understand how he loves us, how his relationship is personal, and how he continues to speak. The Lord desires that true relationship, a true relationship with him. The question's going to be, are we listening? Amen? Amen. Let's pray. I'm going to pray for that very thing right now. So what we're going to do is just take a little time of intercession. Now, if you're here, the first thing I want to do is invite you to that relationship. And I don't ever assume that everyone's heart has made that decision. If your heart's been hardened, Jesus is calling you to his fold to be his sheep. We have to respond to believe. By grace, through faith, he's made a way for us to have an eternal relationship with him. But we've got to turn from our old way of life and accept him into our life and say, I'm following after you, Lord. So what that is, is that we make a decision in our life to become who he wants us to be. And if you're sitting here right now, if you're watching right now online, and you haven't made a decision for Christ, I'm just making an invitation. I'm extending an invitation that he's called us to give. Because I've made that decision many years ago. It was the greatest decision I ever made in my life. So if you want to know him in that way, I just want you to pray a prayer with me. Just repeat after me. Say, 
Lord Jesus, I need you. I thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I open the door of my heart and I ask you to come in. Take control of my life. Make me the person that you want me to be. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Now, if you are here in person and you prayed that, if you're watching right now and you prayed that on, on our campus, a button will come up and say, I just prayed that prayer. And if you're here now and you prayed that prayer, what we want to do as a community in Christ is help you on that discipleship journey. We want to come alongside you so that you can learn to hear his voice, that you can follow after him in that way. So what I want you to do is let me know. Myself know. You can let our usher know in the back. You can um, contact us and say, I prayed that. I, I, I've asked the Lord in my life that way, and we're going to help you on that journey where Christ is leading you. Tell us online as well as here, and we're going to come alongside of you and watch and see the incredible plan that God has for your life. Amen? All right, now let's pray. We're going to pray to learn to hear God's voice and the importance of that. And if you're sitting here right now or you're watching and you've just struggled with this area, we're just going to ask the Lord right now to, to, to intervene. So Lord, we pray right now that you teach us to be still and what that's like, Lord. Father, show us how to wait upon you and our strength is renewed. Teach us to be still in those moments, Father. Right now we ask in the power of your name, teach us to be still and wait upon you. Father, teach us to be slow to speak and quick to listen, Lord. Father, I pray for my brothers and sisters that you would just quiet the noise all around them. Father, particularly the noise in their own head. Father, we bind the schemes of the enemy and the noise that he would bring and the lies that he would speak and we say you have no authority over your people. So Lord, we ask just for that station to be tuned in, that noise to stop right now. Father, I ask right now that you would let your word come alive in the hearts of your people. I pray for a, a hunger and a desire to be in your word and for that word to come alive, that we know it will not come back void, Lord. Father, I pray right now you teach us to be in relationship with others, to be in community. Why? Because we hear you in others. So where we've isolated, break the isolation, Lord. Lord, help us to be in those relationships. Bring new relationships into our lives right now so we can be closer to you, we pray. And Lord, finally, give us grace to obey. Father, we know your love for us, but we need grace to follow in what you call us to do when we hear your words. And your grace would meet us in that place to obey, to do the very things you call us to do. Help us, Lord, we pray. Glory to you. Bless your holy name, Jesus. Father, we pray right now for those who are struggling with any addiction, depression, anxiety, heightened in isolation, Lord. We, we just ask you would break those strongholds in their lives right now. Lord, those dealing with mental illness, that you just set their minds free right now in the name of Jesus. Father, you break every stronghold 
that the enemy has brought. Father, you break off divisiveness. Father, you would bring healing and peace into those who are in a state of confusion right now. Particularly those, Lord, who have isolated themselves, Lord. Those who have taken on fear or depression or anxiousness, Father. Father, I pray right now that their faith would abound, Lord. And that they would press into that place with you. And that you would, Lord, relieve them of those strongholds. And that you would meet them right now in this moment. Bless your holy name, Jesus. Glory to you, Lord. Father, we pray for our families. That you teach us how to build strong, strong families in the Lord. That you mend broken marriages in the name of Jesus. Lord, that you heal severed relationships of parents and children. That you bring prodigals home, we pray in Jesus' name. Father, we pray just for the day-to-day that's in front of us. For parents that have to work from home right now. For for those who are are homeschooling, Lord. And uh, Father, for those who are struggling with just uh, employment and unemployment and that you're, you're, you're their provider, Lord. For those parents who are dealing with children with special needs, that you would give grace to them. Father, that those who are in foster care would, 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 would be adopted this day, Lord. That you burden your people, that, that, that none of them should be without a home, that we would make a home for them, Lord. Pray for singles, single adults, Lord, that they wouldn't be isolated and alone. And I pray for single parents right now. Father, that you would just bring your support, your love, and all that they need. Meet them in that place right now, we pray. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to give you one challenge to leave here with tonight. And here's a challenge. I'm not even going to ask a biggie. This is going to be, we're going to start little. Whatever time you go to bed every night, we all usually have about the same time. I want you to end it 15 minutes early and start tomorrow 15 minutes earlier. I want you to practice what we talked about. And what I promise you, if you give God that time set apart for him, he will meet you in that time. That's one easy step that we take. If you want to go home tonight and take that 15 minutes tonight to sit and be still, do that, that's a bonus. You can do it tomorrow as well. But think about that last time of the evening when we wind down, God has a plan and you want to hear that plan and you're his sheep and your sheep, as sheep we know his voice and we follow after him. So I just pray that you would put away that 15 minutes and, and bring on and start your day with that 15 minutes tomorrow that you went to bed a little earlier so that you can expectantly wait upon the Lord and know that he'll meet you there. Amen?